Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pre-Med Uncultured. Um, we are back with our fourth episode today, and we're going to be talking about running your race, finding your purpose. I know you all, I feel the community is just growing and growing and growing, and I'm so excited um, for our guest today. Um, coming from us from a virtual format from Cleveland, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, we're honored to have Christina Gonzalez here with us. Christina, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Thank you. I'm good. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, Christina, I will give you the moment, the floor is yours. Introduce yourself to the people. Um, where are you from? What you're doing? Who is Christina Gonzalez? The pre-med on culture community is excited to meet you. So I'm Christina Gonzalez. I am in Cleveland, Ohio right now, but I grew up primarily in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, 45 minutes east of the city, like in the farmland. So you guys probably don't know where I'm from. Um, I went to Case Western for undergrad and I just graduated in May of 2022. I was a medical anthropology major and you want me to go into it all? Yeah, no, I think, I think yeah. that's a great, I think that's a great synopsis just for your first even beginning. So so Case Western, right? And so you got your degree in anthropology, right? So we, I think Kate and I have talked about in the past over, over past, past podcasts, right? Of this idea of pursuing what you're passionate about, right? And letting, not letting sort of the quote unquote um, traditional path be the only path, right? And so what was it about like medical anthropology? How did, how did, how did you decide, hey, that's something I'm interested in? So, of course, you have to do your requ- your like pre-med requirements. So you're going to get the OCHEM, you're going to get the GenCHEM, you're going to get the bio. And I was like, the last thing I want to do is take more bio classes on top of that. Like they're interesting and all, but it comes to a point where it's like, that's enough. Let's put that behind us. So medical anthropology, it was about kind of medical systems across cultures and how people interact with them, even like in the United States, like someone that's unhoused versus someone that's a millionaire. Um, And so I was like, that is going to be so much more interesting. and I'm going to enjoy my college experience than sitting and doing bio full time. Um, So I started with the intro class and like fell in love with it. So I decided to be an anthropology major. That's so cool. I feel like the bios and stuff are a little bit like heavily emphasized because they're like, you're going to need this for medical school. You're going to need this down the line, but you're going to get that in medical school. One thing that I think a lot of people struggle to grasp is like the background information for why you're passionate about medicine. And I feel like your path was just so like, you know what, I'm going to get this later. I'm going to be fine. I can figure it out. I'm going to like dive into the things that are make me excited. And that's like, a very courageous and brave thing to do to like go a separate way than other people might've been pressuring you to go or that like the traditional, like Chuka said, traditional way to, you know, go through medicine. Yeah. And so Christina, even as you're talking about like um, majored in a bachelor's degree in a medical anthropology, right. And you even mentioned about like unhoused populations, was there, did you feel like you should pursue like a, a another degree, right. Like a master's degree. That's something that you engaged in, um, during undergrad, were there any programs that like offer to you to do something like that? 
Yeah, so CASE has this program. It's called IGS, Integrated Graduate Studies, and you apply midway through your junior year, and you can take courses that apply to your undergraduate degree and your master's. So a lot of pre-med people do public health because you can take a lot of those like pre-med courses, like some bios, epidemiology will count for both. So um, I chose to get an MSW, uh, master's in social work in four years um, through this program because a lot of anthropology and social work, it's about understanding people it overlapped really well. Oh wow! Hey, I hope I hope everybody heard that. She said she said master's of social work, girl. You you you're built different. You are built different. And so so are you using any of those degrees um, in your current roles or what you're doing in your day to day life today? Yes. Yeah, so I'm actually a social worker by practice right now, and so I work with refugees as well. So people that don't speak English are completely unfamiliar with our systems. Um, I use both of my degrees every single day. Okay. Okay. Wow. So talk about, I like how you try to slide that in there. So you work with refugees as a social worker. That is, that seems, that's so unique. Oh my gosh. How did you get involved in in sort of what is your official title capacity and what are some of the work that you're doing right now? So my official title is I'm program manager at for Refugee Health and Wellness Services at a refugee nonprofit resettlement agency. We're contracted by the federal government, so we get all those holidays off. Um, But (laughs) what I do is I oversee our intensive case management program, our occupational therapy services, support and wellness groups for survivors of torture, single parents. Um, I do a lot of outreach to, you know, local health providers, dentists, here's how to interact with our clients. And then I do hold a small caseload myself for kind of our higher supports needs clients. Um, And overall, like our goal is we want our clients to live fulfilling lives and actively participate in their environment and community. So how we frame it is Anything health that can't be covered in the four walls of a hospital, we'll take care of. Housing, food access, job, um, light counseling, um, schedule, time management, we help with. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Get yourselves, get yourselves, get yourselves, y'all. I hope you heard that, right? I love that idea of this idea of advocating for patients, not only in the clinic or in the hospital setting, but also in their communities. I think that is so amazing, right? And so I feel like so many listeners, I, I like myself, are, are sitting here wondering, okay, Christina Gonzalez, medical anthropology, doing social work, to go, why is she on pre-med uncultured, right? So my question is, what was it? What? How are you connecting this to medicine? Do you want to pursue medicine? Where are you in that process right now? So I do want to pursue medicine. I'm planning on applying in May. Um, I think with social work, it's what attracted me to medicine. We'll start there. It'll make more sense. The connection in my brain is just everyone has health. You know, you can be unhoused and you can be a millionaire and you're going to have health problems. You're going to have health concerns. And so the medical field is such a great way to interact with 
literally almost any single person in so many different capacities, whether that's doing surgery, emergency care, psychiatric care, you know, transplants. You can work with a huge array of people and you're interacting with them in a very vulnerable and intimate way. No one comes to you and it's like, I'm so happy to be in the hospital. This is the peak of my life. They're coming to you because there's an unmet need. There's a crisis. And as one very nice (laughs) emergency medicine physician told me when I was with my clients, no one has a caseworker if they're doing well. So my clients, you could say they, they have some extra needs. And it's just different viewpoints and frameworks, which you want to approach the patient or client. Wow. That's that's like very powerful. Like I think that having this background and having this deep understanding of human beings and like at the end of the day, all of us are kind of get reduced to our health. I think the pandemic kind of humbled a lot of people in that way. Every single person, no matter how wealthy or poor you were, was getting affected and it was affecting a lot of other things that are completely out of our control. And I think that you having that perspective, like when someone comes to you in the hospital and they're coming to you with like, maybe they have appendicitis, you're like, actually, I'm going to see the whole picture and not just treat your symptoms, but like help treat you and make sure that you don't get in this situation again and like take care of the person, not just their body. I think that that is just like so, so wonderful. Yeah. And, and so, Christina, even as we're talking about the, so we know the, why you're doing medicine, why you're passionate about it. And so let's talk, let's talk, let's go back to this idea of let's start with the grassroots, the, um, the, the this pre-med journey. Right. How was right your pre-med experience at during your undergrad um, slash master's experience? How was that? Honestly, it was pretty basic until like my junior year when I had a crisis. Um, I had never questioned medicine. I was going through the steps. I was taking the classes. I was, you know, doing those pre-med clubs. I was shadowing. I was doing research. Um, of course, I was a medical anthropology major, which was a little different. But honestly, I had a pretty basic pre-med journey until, like, I hit this crisis of, like, social work or medicine. Mm, wow. And so how did you navigate that? I feel like I feel like that is I feel so many people feel that that is only them. But I feel that it's such a universal experience. Right. This idea of almost where you're, you have to feel like, OK, do I choose medicine or do something else? Right. And you're caught within this 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 tension. Right. So what was it that sort of helped you navigate saying, OK, hey, I want to really want to pursue medicine? It was honestly doing something that wasn't medicine because I was so programmed like I'm going to be a doctor I'm going to be a doctor when this whole like for a year before I came to this conclusion I wasn't feeling that internal passion and you know little spark inside of me I was just saying like I want to be a doctor like yeah that's what I came here to do and for me to discover to rediscover my passion for medicine I had to go do something that was not medicine. 
Wow, that's real. I, yo, I hope everybody heard that. That's a bar. I think that sometimes, sometimes if you want to to figure to find your passion for medicine, sometimes you just gotta open your hands. I never. I once had this mentor. Um, shout out to Doctor Otter at MTSU. Right, he told me he's like, because I feel like so for so long, right, it was like this idea of like. I have to be a doctor. I have to be a doctor. I have to be a doctor, right? He said, Chico, what happens if you just open up your hands, right? And let's say medicine stays there, right? Or, or something else takes its position for a little bit, right? If medicine comes back, if you refine that purpose, it means so much more, right? And I think there are so many, I feel like that's, I, I thank you so much, Christina, for saying that. I think that there's so many listeners out there who may be sitting in a biochemistry class, sitting in an organic class, sitting in a gen chem or gen bio class saying like, why do I care? Right. Or they're saying they're like, I don't know what I'm trying to do. Right. And they're, they're like, or some of them are like, hey, I feel that medicine is my only calling. And there's this cognitive dissonance that occurs when something happens and they feel like they can't do medicine anymore. Right. I think that's such great advice to saying, hey, pursue what you're passionate about. And if that passion happens to be medicine, if you feel more purpose driven towards it. And so I thank you for that. Right. And so even moving from that, and even talking more about your undergrad experience. What what extracurriculars, right? Um, what activities, community service that you engage in to really um, sort of do this idea of you doing something else, right, or engaging in something that you were passionate about to really rediscover or discover anew your passion for medicine. So I initially, the first organization I joined was a pre med organization because that's what I wanted to do, and I would say being out of college that was the one that had the least impact on like my development as a person and so I initially started doing a running program with children on the spectrum so like every week we would go to the track and we were partnered with a student on the spectrum and we would just like run and do different activities and that was super fulfilling fun genuine authentic from classes and pre-med clubs and then I from my own personal experiences was like I want to work with refugees and I like googled like Cleveland refugees found this organization and just sent an email and I was like hey I want to volunteer what's going on and they said hey we have an opening in our employment program and at first I was like employment like I'm I'm pre-med like what the heck does employment have to do with that but when I thought about it it's like having stable employment having income having a job is going to better the health of that person even if it's not blood pressure medication or insulin and it's going to support the family so you know what I'm gonna go I've never had a job in my life and I'm gonna go help people get jobs completely out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to do this because I want to work with refugees and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And so I did that. That's awesome. And I know Kate, Kate talked a lot uh, about this idea of community service and taking that first step again. Right. And, uh, and Kate, I I think it was so interesting, right. Hearing this, how does that like sort of reaffirm to our viewers, right. This idea of, of like just that, that taking that initial step, right? Like we talked about last episode. I feel like it's very difficult when you decide when you're like right before going into college that you want to do pre-med, you declare to be bio and you decide that that's what you're going to do. And everything you do is to get an application ready and to feel like 
I'm going to be ready for med school and I'm going to be able to get accepted. And I feel like the acceptance becomes like the goal rather than developing as a person. And that is, it's difficult to let go of because while it's very important, you know, they can both exist in parallel. You can be trying to get an application ready and you can be developing as a person. And to say, is this going to look good on an application is great. I'm glad you're thinking about your application. That's the goal. But to ask yourself, am I going to enjoy what I'm doing? And is this going to help me develop beyond medicine? And I think that, Christina, what you've done in taking that leap and finding something you're passionate about and saying, how is this going to relate to medicine and finding your own reason is so powerful. I think that that is something that more people need to do is just take that leap of faith and that even if it's not a great experience, even if you are doing something that you maybe don't enjoy or maybe you don't like particularly feel fulfilled in it, you're still helping other people. And it's something that you can tick off in your box of I've tried that and I don't like it. And so then when you go to medical school and you really can like have impact and you can be a physician, you can know those things by yourself. And I think that granted, like to go into social work is such like a selfless decision and such like a decision that is difficult for some people to get into because of the situations that other individuals are in. And like, I know that I would be very emotional every day because I would want to help so much. So personally, like you were so brave to be able to do that and to put, you know, like you said, I'm not doing blood pressure. I'm doing employment and I have no idea how to do employment, but I'm still going to volunteer that is like the leap of faith that more people need to be comfortable doing, getting out of their comfort zone and wanting to help for the betterment of the person, not just their blood pressure or their medications. So. No, that's, that's great. And I, and I just want to, I think, thank you so much for saying that cake. I think that that just goes back to when we talked about last episode, right? This idea of sometimes it's about just taking the first step and getting in there. And you may not be doing what you're expecting you're going to be doing, but as you are in there, you find a passion, you find your purpose, right? And even talk about this idea of purpose, right? Reconnecting that. I know that I, I, I hope everybody, right, who's listening to this podcast right now, if you don't hear anything that we say throughout the rest of our podcast series, right, know that this idea of being unique, and I think, and Christina, you and I talked about this, and Kate, you and I also talked about this. We always talk about this, right, this idea of, like, being unique. Everybody's like, oh, how do I be the unique applicant? And I feel like, for me, sometimes I wish I could go back and tell sophomore, freshman, college, chuka, bro, the way you are unique is not by doing what everybody else is doing, but doing what you're truly passionate about, because nobody's going to have the stories you get. Nobody's going to have the why that you have, right? And I think that that's so, so important. I thank you both for saying those things, right? And so so you're doing these things you're passionate about, Christina, right? And you're engaging in these in these clubs and you're, you're working with uh, this, these nonprofits and you're, you're, you're helping people write better themselves. Right. And so we take that, right. So now what happens to Christina Gonzalez junior slash senior year of undergrad? And um, yeah, just talk to the audience about that. So I really eventually dived into this initial volunteering I had in the employment program And then I actually got offered a part-time job in the resettlement. So helping refugees, like, pick them up from the airport, find them housing, get them social security cards, school enrollments, anything you need to just function. And I really just fell in love with the work. Um, 
I would light up. It was everything I was looking forward to. I'd prioritize it over any other club or activity. And I really was like, this is, this is fun. This is, this is getting me excited and passionate. And that's something I haven't felt in a while. But I was still going through the motions. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to medical school, took my MCAT, blah, blah, blah. And I sat down to write my personal statement and I just started crying, which I feel like might be normal. But I was crying because I was like, why am I passionate? Like, why do I want to do this? I don't even want this anymore. And I just called my mom and I was like, I don't want to do this. And she was like, then don't. But I pushed through and I wrote probably a really bad personal statement about how much I love medicine. And I submitted my application knowing I didn't even want this at this time. Um, And I eventually ended up withdrawing my application in like September because I just felt so inauthentic and it was draining me to go through this process, which I didn't even want anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, geez. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, I feel there's so much within there to even discuss, right? This idea of the person, ooh, ooh, get yourselves, get yourselves everybody, right? I feel the person that you're most accountable to, right, is yourself. Right. And Christine, I think you talk about such an important idea of introspection, right? Because at the end of the day, I feel sometimes there could be um, societal pressure, family pressure, community pressure, right? To say, hey, I'm pursuing this degree or this calling, right? Because everybody's expecting me to do so, right? But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself that when you get the degree and you're doing the work, are you yourself happy, right? And I think that taking an alternate path to find your true happiness and purpose is so meaningful. So, I think that again, everybody, I want to, everybody, just, I thank you for saying that, Christine, because I think that is so powerful. This idea of you have to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I truly passionate about this? Because the worst thing you want to do is, Kate and I often talk about this idea of getting to the mountaintop. The worst thing you want to do is get to the mountaintop and recognize, oh, snap, I climbed the wrong mountain, right? And you're up there with people who are very passionate about it, but you just find yourself like, why am I here? I do not like these views. Right. I probably should have gone to Egypt instead of being on Mount Everest. Right. I think that I think that is so true. Right. And, and even Christina, I, I know you didn't say this, but I also want, I think I think this is so important for our viewers to hear. Right. Because some people may be saying, oh, Chuga, this girl, she applied and then she withdrew. Christina, how how far were you into the plot process before you withdrew your application? So I actually had an interview. Um <laughs> And when I was thinking about that, I was like, they're going to see through my, like, BS. Like, they're going to, like, I speak with my face. And they're gonna, I'm going to be like, I'm so passionate about medicine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and that's why, because I hope y'all heard that, right? It's just not, this is not somebody who was just like, you know what? I submitted my primary and now I'm just going to withdraw. No, nah. homegirl done submitted the, done wrote everything, done, did the activity section, then wrote the secondaries, then, then then got an interview, right? And so I think that's so important to recognize that, like, that's why I'm so glad, Christine, that you're on today, right, and talking to people because I feel that so many people are like, once you've tasted, like, you you got right, you got to the, almost the, the pinnacle, the goal, this idea of what, what Kate talked about, this acceptance, right? And you're like, you know what, but I don't want this reward. I don't want this prize, right, if it doesn't mean anything to me. 
right? And I think that's like even I'm thinking about like you know the World Cup is going on right now, y'all, and and I think about the idea of like when people win that World Cup, right? They're going crazy because they spent so much time, they spent their lives, they're so passionate and purposeful towards this calling, right? So when they win it, it's like a culmination of all the work they've had, right? But I feel that. And I think Christine brings up a great point, like this idea of like, let's say they didn't work for anything or let's say like they didn't, let's say they didn't care about it. Or let's say they just did it just because they had to, right? That, that satisfaction, that intrinsic motivation, right? Um, wouldn't, wouldn't be as real and as, and as authentic. And so that's, that's so, so important. So Christina, even I, my question, right? Another question is this idea of how was that when you, when, with, when Christina Gonzalez withdrew her application, Right. What were, what, were the, what were the streets saying? What, were, what, were, what, what was that like? Were people supportive? How was that? I would say my closest friends were like, yeah, you needed to do that. And they were like, we were, we were waiting for you to like figure that one out because they just saw how much I loved work and thinking about giving that up in a few months. It just, it wouldn't make sense. But I would say the people and like, you know, just like kind of, the general friends or people in the pre-med community, there was definitely a lot of like rumors or gossip of like, Oh, we thought Christina would be the one to like make it. Or we thought Christina, she must've had something wrong with her application. People started saying I had an institutional action and I'm like, I'm just doing what I want to do. And for me, like, that was even more like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do medicine because look at these people. Um, it's just a small subset. But um, I would say, like, my closest – the people closest to me were 100% supportive. But the people kind of on that outer ring, they were like, no one no one would do that. That's not normal. Yeah. yeah. I think that, like, you said it yourself. You had that little inner critic inside you that was like – they're going to see through this. Even though no one has said that to you, you still thought it and you were true to yourself. And I think that if you have a true motivation and a true passion, you're going to keep that for a very long time. But if you lie to yourself, like maybe potentially you could have gotten into medical school and done your first and second year and been miserable and potentially burnt out. And then you would have lost that connection to your patients. Like we've seen so many residents, like you go to the hospital, you'll see probably 50% of them not liking what they do because they didn't listen to that inner critic and because they didn't stay true to themselves. And I think that other people having their own perception of you, perception of you, that's their own prerogative. That's their own inner critic trying to find reasons why maybe they're not good enough. And they look at you and maybe they saw the perfect pre-med applicant and they had this perception and they were like, well, why would she give something like that up? That's something that I'm chasing and I'm dreaming for. Well, you had it in your hand and you said, mm, I'm going to put this down and I'm going to go explore something else. And that will still be there for me when I'm back. Everything is still there. No, no opportunities are going away because you put them down. You're not dropping them. You're not letting go of anything. You were putting it down, putting it aside, back burner, whatever you want to call it, and going and moving something else to the front and focusing on something else. There's no such thing as falling off the mountain, falling off the ladder. You work to get there. You can pick it up anytime you want. And I think that the courage and the bravery that that took to be honest to yourself, to tell your parent that you maybe you don't want to do this and have that support from your close friends and your family. I mean, 
that's something that all of us kind of strive for to have people around us who support us no matter what. And I think that even if you didn't have that, the, you, you said it to yourself first. No one told you to do this. And I think that other people, you know, kind of getting in there and having that gossip, you know, we talked about toxic pre-meds on this podcast. It was like one of our first episodes. Those people maybe aren't very honest with themselves at the end of the day. And they can't be honest to look at themselves and say, why would she do that? Because they, they don't even listen to that own voice in the back of their head. Why would I do that? They have no sympathy, no empathy for others, which is something that they need to have if they want to be a physician at the end of the day. So I, I really resonate with your story. I wrote in my personal comment, I have no idea why I, ha- I had past tense currently, maybe present tense, have no idea why I want to be a physician, but everything I do keeps pointing me back in this direction. And I can't ignore anymore. I can't keep picking up other things because everything I do pulls me back to medicine. So I really relate with that. And I think that, you know, your decision to withdraw your application, it just means that the next one that you put in is going to be even better. It's going to be even more compelling. And you're going to want to be there. You're going to be like, they're not seeing through anything. They're going to be obsessed with me and they're going to love me. And everyone's going to be fighting for me. And that's the kind of energy you want to have going into an interview at the end of the day. That's awesome. Thank you for, I think, thanks for those words, um, Christina, and also Kate. I thank you for, for that. I think so many people need to hear that, right? That idea of um, pursue after what you're passionate about and things will fall into place, right? And so, Christina, I think sort of one of the last questions I have for you, right, is this idea of sort of two twofolded, right? This idea of like, do you, first of all, do you wish you had done anything, anything differently, right? And like, what advice would you want to give to our audience, to the listeners, right? about pursuing their purpose and just an an overall general advice um, for pre-meds out there. The floor is yours. I would do nothing differently when I think about who I came into college as a freshman versus who I graduated as. Would have never imagined the experiences and opportunities I had from just emailing about a volunteer experience. And any advice, I'm not like very preachy or anything, but I would say your passions do not need to lie in medicine. Like at the end of the day, it's a career. It is not who you are. It is not your living, breathing soul. And I think it is a little strange that like you don't hear that with like engineers, like they don't need to go out of work and prove like why they need to be an engineer. And so I think it's just like find those passions, maintain them with your love for medicine and take opportunities that make you uncomfortable. Patients are going to make you uncomfortable. My clients say stuff to me, and I'm like, I have no idea what to say right now. But you get better, and you learn, and then it just prepares you for when someone else says something. So just take opportunities that you're passionate about and be a little uncomfortable with that. I don't think that's perfect. Yeah, that's like, literally <laughs> perfect. No, cut it, drop the mic, be done. Because that is perfect. That is literally exactly what we preach or try to preach to our listeners. Like, be uncomfortable. Not every like you're gonna walk into the hospital and you're gonna be like, "What am I doing? I'm gonna be 30. I'm gonna be 21. I'm gonna be 18. I'm gonna be uncomfortable. You're probably gonna be uncomfortable until the day you die." So those words, so powerful. Quote unquote. That's it. Print it. Perfect. 
Exactly. Again, um, you all, we thank you for listening to this fourth episode of Pre-Med Uncultured, right? And going forward, we're going to embody this idea of one of our, one of my friends, Kyle Simku said it best, right? We want to do, we want to do less lecturing, more storytelling. And um, we thank you, Christina Gonzalez, for being here. Um, thank you, Kate. And again, follow us on, on Instagram at Pre-Med Uncultured. You can follow Kate and I on on instagram at ktkmck and chuka anu at uh, uh at chuka anu again thank you all keep hustling stay relentless we'll see you on the next one mm-hmm.